Hello, 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 listeners. It is Michael here. This is the second half of our F91 wrap-up episode. If you didn't listen to the first half, go back to last week's episode where we um, talked about... What did we talk about? Seabook. Cecily Fairchild. Theo. Theo Fairchild. We talked about... The Pixies. It was a good episode. If you didn't listen to it, go back, listen to it, and then you'll know why we're cutting in halfway into a conversation on this week's episode. But anyway, thanks for listening, and enjoy the second half of the F91 wrap-up. Bye. What do you guys think about Cecily's choice to go along with her family plans? Like to, to be a part of be a part of this this evil empire. I mean well, she seemed kinda like she was a bit of a um she like didn't really love her peers back home. Cause like I mean the only interaction we saw with her peers was like her reluctantly going to an event. So I don't know, it kinda Makes sense, I suppose. Doesn't really make sense if somebody just, like, pulls you aside and is like, you're the heir to a throne. I don't know, Michael. It's hard for me to put myself in that scenario because that <laughs> seems like something that just, like, never happens in real life. It happened like... in the Princess Diaries. <laughs> oh, so it does happen in real life. Gotcha. Yeah. It happened to Anne Hathaway. Hashtag oh, real life. That's crazy that <laughs> Anne Hathaway is actually royalty. <laughs> but... IRL deed. IRL I mean, like contrasting that with um, what was the other? Was play the like adopted by the royal family in that? Uh, Maneva Zabi. Yeah, in, yeah, in, in yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And Maneva was like kind of the whole time, like I don't want to be here, you know, like so, like yeah. con- contrasting oh, that yeah, with this. Very... Oh, good callback. Yeah, she's very much Maneva style. Um, that's all I Minerva, could think about Minerva. the whole time. I'm like, um. It, it just seemed like they were redoing that whole thing of, like... Which, I mean, they kind of were, but, like, also, you're never redoing something. Like, every single, like, story has already been told, you know? But... Yeah. Whatever. I I never... I don't have any problem with Cecily. I, I think, like, her arc makes sense in that she's a young kid, and yeah. all this shit is happening to her, and all these people die in order for them just to get her back you know what i'm saying and so she's obviously mm-hmm. dealing with that she's like halfway suicidal um and her all of her agency's like taken from her in a lot of different respects although she does kind of make the choice so i think actually cecily's story was actually pretty interesting uh throughout the movie when you think about it she gets way more i think development and like interesting aspects to her character than anybody else in the whole movie it's almost like she's the main character um think about that whoa Whoa. actually i think that that would have been my argument is that i actually think cecily is the main character 
though. I think that's true. She is indeed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think, I don't know. It's just interesting because, again, we don't get a ton of time with these characters, so their decisions, it's hard to make any judgment on whether or not they fit in with their character or, like, if they track. But it is just, like, a slingshot of, like, people making decisions and kind of going back on them really quickly or, like, deciding to betray their, their original decisions. That happens multiple times in this movie. And it's just hard to, like, decipher what that really says about their character or their decisions. I don't know. That's that's just like part of the same issue with timing and pacing and the plot. It's just, I don't know. It, there's just a lot that happens. There, There's just a lot. And, you know, I guess I, I am like letting all the things slide that I didn't with Shar's counterattack this time around. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, because I like, really tore into char's counterattack, but for some reason i guess this time around with f91 i don't know i guess the plot it was not important to me <laughs> i think char's counterattack was a good wake-up call for us that if we are to continue to do this podcast we can't like we can't if we start finding too many issues with something we have to just like turn off that part of our brain or like turn mm-hmm. off that criticism of like because, like, I think that, like, all of us, when we started watching it, we probably, like, were snowballing of, like, this plot makes no sense. This plot makes no sense. This plot makes no sense. And then you reach a breaking point where they're, like, the movie's not about the plot. Let's focus on something else. Yeah. And then, like, which, like, isn't a horrible way to watch movies. Like, I think that that's, like, a pretty good way to enjoy something regardless of its actual content. Um, But I, I like, I am struggling to f- think of another um definitive scene in the middle of the movie that like has any meaning to me mm-hmm. or like um, leaves an imprint on on your memory uh, i mean like that probably has to do with like i don't even know like i, I mean, really yeah i don't uh, know a lot of it is just them sitting at the federation base and like t- talking over the f91 gundam about seabook's mom and like call like the the ham-fisted calling seabook a new type and like this kind of late plot development that like he's some special pilot that i don't know it just kind of is all ham-fisted in there and again like like you said um i don't remember who said it but like i think part of the reason why all of these things are interesting to talk about but they don't really definitively like make the movie bad in my opinion is because yeah yeah. It has no this has no bearing on the rest of the story. So like I think that's why Shar's counterattack was so frustrating. There it's, it is. Yeah. 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 It's because like to, in my opinion, like and this is like a greater question about the the quality of the movie, is that if you just like took off Mobile Suit Gundam and just said this is F ninety one the anime movie and you fucking sat me down in front of this on adult swim, like when I'm in sixth grade. I fucking love it because like what like why does it matter the plot doesn't matter it's the rule of cool like the mobile suits are cool the music's decent like i don't know it's like just cool animation cool battles so i don't know i think that's why it kind of the the plot shit gets a pass in my opinion somewhat is because yeah um, yeah it's just it's a different standard because of where it fits into the general story of the franchise 
Um, yeah, I, but I did. Yeah, I did want to bring up one thing that I found really interesting in the middle of the movie. One like little tidbit that I thought was um, kind of cool bit of uh, storytelling is that in the middle of the movie they reveal that most of the humans actually ended up leaving Earth and moving to the space colonies. Um, and that the Earth is actually in the process of healing itself, and that people from the space colonies are finally kind of moving back to the Earth because of it's kind of started the process of healing itself from climate change and all but the destruction. But only of the humans. elite get to go exactly. back. Exactly. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of like the crux of the plot again, which is like very similar to 0079 and Zeta have and have nots. But I think that that's really interesting because that means at some point along the line, a character like Char or Hathaway from Hathaway's Flash, like they fucking their plan works. Like they somewhere along the line, something that these people were fighting and dying for, it, it happens, and people actually end up going to space and becoming space noids. And there was some acceptance of becoming a space noid. So I don't know. I thought it was kind of like reassuring. And also interesting that it's not just like cyclical, but like actually at some point somebody actually made the right decision or mm -hmm. like people made the right decisions. Um, right. And there there was consequence too. It wasn't just like meaningless war. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think too, the, the, the have and have nots little layer to the world building is a uh, super interesting and uh, gives it a nice little flavor. You know, Gundam, does talk about class every once in a while, uh, but I think it they did it in a really interesting way this time around, and just the idea of how like oh interesting um, it life isn't as desirable on space as it might be on Earth, or just a little questions of like why is it that is you know why the elites only get to go back, and what kind of tensions might spring up from that, and yeah, like it gets you thinking about all this stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I thought that was that was super cool, super interesting. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, during this section of the movie, this is when we're introduced to Gundam F ninety one. I was wondering what you guys thought about the design of that Gundam, and also um, kind of what you thought about I don't know, just just the whole the whole Gundam plot and how it gets its name and all of that. I always Finally, like when they do think? like a I always like when they do a callback to like oh like this is based off of the old RX78 or some shit yeah. like that which I thought was kind of cool because I mean obviously like we're consuming it all like I don't know like almost like simultaneously so like for us it's not like oh I remember that one but it's cool that in the universe they hold RX78 on high as a pedestal as like mm -hmm. the rest of the Gundam community does um and yeah, it was like, I don't know. It's always a weird plot point where, or not like a weird plot point, but a repetitive one where the person, like the main character just gets to pilot the main Gundam, you know? And it's just like, cool, this is yours, I guess. It's like Bond getting given a car or some shit. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. That's like, a really good point. Why don't they have Gundam Q? This is bullshit. Why don't yeah. they have, like, a Gundam Q that's just like, oh, and I've installed a, like, secret invisible ink in the Gundam yeah. spore arm and, like, shit like that. God, yeah, but, like, 
the pilots change and the Gundam changes, but Q's always the same. Exactly. Like, awesome. exactly. That'd be so cool. Same exactly. Dude. And it's Chef. And it's fucking Chef. Oh, it's Chef. Um, but I, uh, other than that, I don't know. I Mobile suit designs have to be really unique in order to like actually speak to me. Like I really like Big O. I really like Moon Moon Gundam. I really like uh, Zaku. But other than that, all of these like normie ass Gundams kind of all bleed together for me. To be completely frank, I but... will say I kind of got the same feeling with with the um, Gundam F ninety one. Like if I had to pick it up out of a lineup, I might mm-hmm. struggle at first because I like uh... yeah. I don't think I could, Christian. but. <laughs> I will say some of the abilities were pretty tight. So like yeah, in yeah, that yeah, final yeah, yeah. battle when the wings come out and it starts going yeah. in a hyperspeed, that shit was cool. Out of so out of our main line Gundams, our main character Gundams, which we've seen so far, which is your favorite design? Uh Christian I'll let you go first. Out of all of them. So we got so let's see, that's RX78 um Zeta Double Zeta. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll give you Mark II as well. Gundam Mark II. Um, the new Gundam. Alex Gundam. Even though that doesn't necessarily count. And we're not going to say Hathaway. We'll, we'll leave Hathaway out of this. So no no penalty. For Hathaway. XO. I like Zeta. Zeta's pretty tight. Uh, it's like perfect woo-hoo. because like I would say RX seventy eight, but RX seventy eight kind of looks like poo poo in the like zero zero seventy nine, <laughs> just because it's like it's made of like seven shapes. But like, Zeta... sometimes he's like long and sometimes yeah. he's like really short. Yeah, sometimes his like arms don't bend when he like when he like does stuff with them and shit. Like, like I don't it's know. like flexible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. he's like he's like fucking gumbo it? sometimes. Everybody's an iteration of RX seventy eight. I mean, you just can't quit him, baby. So functional you know, programming, he's a baby. goddamn king. He's a goddamn king. Y'all just copy but, bite my style, son. Zeta was cool though because it was like the first like. Um, they just made it like a little bit more complex, which I really yeah. liked. Like it, they didn't add a ton of shit to it, but they just like, I don't know. It's like the Subaru Crosstrek versus the Subaru Outback. You know what I'm saying? Oh, exactly. <laughs> you, know what I'm <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do y'all remember the differences? Oh, go ahead, between Christian. the double Zeta and the Zeta, I'm trying to. I'm having a hard time remembering like the major design, like double Zeta was between the two. It's like, like a little sharper. He's like way thicker. He's bigger. He has like the two. Uh, they do like a bunch of midair conversions, kind of, because he's like three different parts, and he has the double bazooka oh, yeah. on his hand. Double Zeta's rules. Yeah. Double Zeta rules. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for me, it's it's the new the new Gundam for Shars Counterattack. Mm. If we're talking Gundams, is is by far my favorite. Oh yeah, I just like I, don't know, I love them, and the funnels are fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Sorry but I will that. say F ninety one I really like, um, and I kind of have an affinity for the F ninety one because Simon, when we played the Dynasty Warriors game where we had oh to my play fucking god, that was that fucking F ninety one? Well, we played that Psycho Psycho Gundam level over and over and over again. I was playing as Gundam F91 most of those times. I did so not I just... even realize that. Because <laughs> um, he's the most, I feel like he was the most powerful one we had unlocked. And I just yeah. kind of grew to love it uh, because it was like, that's like my Gundam, you know? Yeah. Like, I was, like right. I've been in it. I've like, yeah, I've, I've taken down, da- I've died in it, brother. Like, <laughs> <laughs> died, it, died in it a thousand times. 
So I think, I don't know. I like the F91 a lot. I really like it's like um, guns that kind of swivel out from the back and then it's, it's wings. Yeah. Really cool. So I feel like in action, it's, it's a pretty cool design the way that it's utilized, but just looking at it, it's yeah. Like you said, you it's hard to really distinguish it from the others. Yeah. Um, The silhouette doesn't really have any like real sexiness to it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, so I do want to bring up, which is, it's my favorite part of this entire movie, um, happens in the middle section. It is when, uh, Seabook's mom is piloting a scooter, um, and she, she wants to get to the base where Seabook is, and she's looking at the base, and she's piloting the scooter, and she just runs over a box, and just falls over onto the ground and crashes her scooter. Sick. And scene. And that was like... I love slice of life why? anime. I love slice of life why anime. Why there? Why was that that served? Yeah. No, nothing. But it was it was a beautiful moment all, uh, at the same time. I love it because it's like, yeah, they could use that time to like tell valuable plot points no. and try to like add motivations. But I, I like to imagine that they were like, at this point, to be honest, like the plot's pretty thin. I don't know why anyone's doing what they're doing. Like, let's just add a funny little bit. Like, let's just add a Somebody... little bit where she crashes her scooter. It's so funny. Somebody spent a week animating that. <laughs> Dude, that was probably like the best One week of the whole thing. I'm just away. like, bro, like. Just animating this woman eating shit on a scooter, and I love it. But if you think about it, like, there's not a smaller section of the movie we've spent this much time talking about. But I could not make it through this entire episode without bringing this up because in my <laughs> that opinion, it's, it's the fucking best part. It's it's the best part. Um, so let's let's talk about the ending. Uh, the ending is. Uh, otherwise known as uh, the climax of the story. Um, it's where all of the buildup of the story really comes to a head. Um, and we have uh, Cecily and Arno, Seabook, they're fucking teaming up because Cecily's... Get some hit. <laughs> get get has... some hit. Seabook has Still decided was... <laughs> um, that he's going to pilot the F-91 because he's a new type, I guess. I uh, guess. Cecily... Uh, decides to be on the Federation side now, and they together are going to fight off her father and grandfather. Um, in this in section, we uh, get introduced to the bugs. The, bugs. Uh, the robots. Dude, robots decided to these bugs designed to thin out the human population. What did you guys? What did you guys think about the golf. bugs? I don't know. They're like one of those things that are just like they frustrated me because they're a seemingly unstoppable force. It's like yeah. I feel like movie villains need to have some sort of like way that you can take them down. But mm -hmm. I mean like obviously they're beautifully designed. You know they're just like fucking like autonomous razor discs. Like <laughs> stop that bitch. Like I like and it's like and sure enough the way that you stop it is you shoot it a ton. Like that's like yeah. that's the solution. 
but until that point they like literally just are razor discs with guns on them like <laughs> okay honestly the scene that i was fucking dying at like the the part that like i was like laughing out loud was when the razor disc just like went into the house like shot the like sh- like like looked like zapped the family and then it just like went in to the house and just like zapped the family and then it just like cut super quickly after that and i don't know i thought that was funny but like i was trying to because i remember you brought up your frustration with them on the first uh Mm. episode and then i was like trying to pay attention more of like when they were actually fighting because like of course they're gonna fuck up a town you know like you can't like take them down like that's fine whatever but like even when they were fighting in the air it was kind of just it was cool because like the the pilots were kind of realizing that they couldn't that it was like a difficult a formidable opponent like even Mm. though it just kind of looked like a you know piece of metal flying at them like and they knew it wasn't piloted by an actual human so they i don't know they kind of had the realization that they're like oh shit we gotta watch out but then they just killed them all and like it was fine yeah and like i don't think any important character died to them um that i can think of right now well the um the like one pilot that they that seabook kind of became friends with the the like veteran pilot i forget his name I did he, not he, know that. Yeah, he got killed. But at that point, it's like we, like Seabook and Cecily both have plot armor. Like they have unfinished business. So they're not going to die to the bugs. Yeah. And they're like, obviously, they're not going to use the bugs to kill like all of the kids or anything because that would just be too brutal. That would be, yeah. It, I don't know. They're kind of like a brutal piece of technology. Like yeah. they, they're essentially just drones. And like drones sure. are really scary to me because like, and I think that drones are really scary to a lot of people because it's just like these things that you never know where they are and you never know who's controlling them and you don't mm-hmm. know what they'll do. And it's this weird, I don't know. I mean, like they're weapons of mass destruction, but the discs they were like, fine. I don't know. Yeah, They reminded me of like watching, I don't know, like this is not going to resonate for a lot of people, but it's like reminds me of like watching like an Avengers movie. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 and I've exactly. only seen like the first one, and it's just like there's just like always this like it's like the alien overlord or whatever has like autonomous robots, and like they're just like killing citizens, and like it doesn't matter because Iron Man and Hulk and fucking uh, Batman, Hulk man, they're gonna find a way to like snap everybody back into reality or whatever, and like they all have contracts or whatever. So we know they're fine. And like the stakes they, don't really make any sense. They look like flying death Roombas is what they look <laughs> oh, like. Yeah, it, it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, the animation equivalent <laughs> of a, a cheap props department. Be like, okay, let's <laughs> tape a bunch of steak knives to this Roomba and have it fly around. And I mean, spin. like for animation wise, that shit was probably so easy to animate after like having to like, control yeah. the limbs of it's like no bro it's like for the for the enemies what were you thinking uh cylinders just cylinders i think would be <laughs> a really good idea no, and my... they go really fast so they're blurry so. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> my uh my headcanon is that like one of the designers was like walking through the park and he got like domed by a frisbee and he was like oh shit that really hurt <laughs> that could really fuck up a whole town <laughs> He was like this really angry guy. Uh, got a divorce. 
uh, <laughs> bankrupt, <laughs> hates life, hates people, and he gets hit in the head with the frisbee. He's like, this is the last okay. straw. I'm gonna make a whole man. anime about this shit. Um, so uh, then we get introduced to Iron Mask's insane mobile armor, mobile suit thing, and he has like digital, like fiber optic dreadlocks that control everything and seabook and sassily fight him at the end and uh seabook kills him uh and they win nice we did it we did it what what did you guys think of the final battle and what did you think of iron masks like weird mobile suit i thought it was kind of sick yeah honestly it was kind of sick I didn't it was... like it the first time, but it really grew on me the second time. And I was like, I kind of like how weird it is. And like, yeah, if, if you're gonna like... make a weird bad plot movie, like make make the things weird looking. You know, it's kind of like you know, yeah. in like Alien, like everyone loves Alien so much because they put like organic shit like in the mm-hmm. um. It's like we got to do that more, like because that stuff's like actually scary when they start putting like weird uh like soft edges. Yeah. In. In, inside of uh sci-fi movies and shit yeah know. it was like weird and like he's he's got all these like wires hooked up to the the mobile suit uh yeah i know i had this like weird creepy parasite type mm-hmm. vibe looking thing going on uh, yeah it was like super intense i thought it was it was a the final battle was apropos like it's it's what you want out of mm-hmm. an epic climax battle for sure and then the movie ended and it was over it was over uh yeah i don't know interesting interesting movie good let's, flick let's talk uh about some of the main things that we always talk about uh, categories i guess yeah animation animation let's get into it uh, I, I loved it i thought the animation style and quality top marks top there tippity top what do you, you guys know, think? i noticed about top the animation marks. on this one that was really good because, like, of course, like, we love the animation. They're getting, like, stronger computers, and they're getting, like, you know, better, like, digital tablets, so, like, the animation's gonna improve. But something that I loved so much about Hathaway's Flash is that in the air battles, they, like, the vision of the Earth below them, like, during times was so cool because it gave you a real sense of, like, motion and stuff. Because, like, in, you know, all the earlier ones, they, they, you know, had either, like, a really slowly panning, you know, like, zoomed-out scene of the Earth, or they just had kind of uh like abstracted like blurries behind them but this one um had some really cool uh like different pacing of the earth below them moving from like different sorts of angles and stuff um and i like that because that's like hard to do because you have Mm -hmm. to like envision you're like okay if this is rotating at this speed and the earth is like you know 17 miles below us then how fast would it be moving in order to create a believable you know like uh space or uh like depth or whatever um right so they did a good job with that i don't know other than that uh they had lots of good oh you know what's something small that i noticed they had Mm -hmm. lots of good shadows on um the big uh like the airships when they were battling near a spaceship they had like the shadows of the mobile suit going over it which is such a good idea because those air those big spaceships are just solid blocks of color so like Ghibli does this all the time, okay? Hayao Miyazaki, so smart. If you notice, if you're watching a Ghibli movie and you see a big, either, like, it be a wall or it be, like, a big field, um, mm. I, I think the most uh, 
famous example are the walls and spirited away because there's a lot of uh or in the entrance place it's a it's supposed to be just like a plain entrance you know but like mm-hmm. yeah just the small details he does to like break up the big color was really good and they don't do that a lot in gundam a lot of like the white base was kind of just this like big piece of white that would slowly went across the screen <laughs> And, like, then it was, like, the next scene. But putting, like, shadows cast on it is such a good way to break up the color because you have this, like, mm. you know, dynamic, weird shadow shape moving because, like, you know, shadow shapes are always, like, really interesting. Um, so I thought that, I mean, like, in, of course, when they sat down in the writer room, they weren't, like, we need a bright way to, like, block out these shapes. Like, some, one of them is just really good at art and, like, was, like, okay, what's wrong with this? What do we need more of? We need more motion. Okay, let's, like, you know, incorporate shadow, like, but like mm. kind of break up this uh scene a lot and uh i maybe it's because i just i saw some youtube video um of somebody explaining uh like the ghibli thing that i just stated uh mm-hmm. credit to marco bushi i think really good um like marco line. rubio yeah credit credit to mark marco, marco zuckerberg um calling (laughs) next time you talk to a stranger about mark zuckerberg call him marco zuckerberg and see if they correct you (laughs) yeah actually Um, i think it's mark zuckerberg no 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 it's marco (laughs) but that was another thing i really liked because like i mean this show is like just the props are really uh you you can easily fall into the trap of just like huge color mm-hmm. blocks which don't look very good because they look super 2d because totally i mean if you like even if you look at the wall of your house there's like so many different like so much shit going on on it but but that's something I'm... i never thought about that like a shadow is helping uh illustrate motion like that i have to pay closer attention yeah i mean like there's all sorts of stuff that like i don't know there's so, because the a tale as old as time is just trying to like make a flat surface interesting, because you know there's so right. many things that we perceive as a flat surface, like buildings or even like fields for that matter, like these things that have been like you know traditionally tackled in like beautiful paintings, and you're like, how did this person make like you know a beautiful picture of the sky? It's just like the color blue. It's like no, there's so much shit that breaks it up. Like, like, tr- like the that's why there's um like you know lots of like particles floating in the wind a lot of the time Mm. in video games like in skate 3 i noticed it there's Mm. always a particle effect overlay on skate 3 to break it up because there's so much just like flat shit going on in skate 3 because it's all just like basic geometric shapes but in every single map that you're at in, in different locations there's like just pollen floating around and shit in front of it which is like i don't know it's something that's like fun to notice because it pretty mm. much like every you know medium does it in some way but it catches my... your eye you know like also kind of distracts yeah. you from the lack of detail Dude, in the fucking mobile games that we do they make me do shit like that too of like i don't know can't talk about that right now um <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right let's uh let's talk about music any impressions on the music christian i i was a fan of the music i always love orchestral scores overlaid um epic anime movies uh in terms of the main the main song eh, right, you know, not that. yeah i i pretty much agree with you the orchestral like i don't know it, it's pretty boring to be honest like the orchestral scoring of it like i much prefer kind of the more electronic stuff that we got in some of the earlier series like zeta 
um, and Double mm. Zeta, whereas this is okay. very like, it. I mean, there is a straight up ripoff, uh, and I'll I'll put this in here, um, a comparison between the Imperial March from Star Wars. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it. Holy shit, you're so right. Oh my and then god. They completely fucking steal it and like change a couple notes and like change the pace a little bit and they basically put the Imperial March in F91. It's so I funny. guess Kur- I love, ske- I love Kurazo is shit. a little bit of a low rent Vader, I guess. He's literally yeah. Darth Vader at home. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. And he's like, ends up being somebody's dad. It's just that's why Cecily is the main character. Actually, now, with, now that we're really getting into it, the parallels are so simple. Cecily is Luke. Iron Mask is Vader. Sea Book is actually Han Solo. Yes. Uh, the yeah. baby, the baby is Chewie. The baby's Baby Yoda from the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> it's that. That's where it falls apart a little bit. But... <laughs> the baby is Chewie. <laughs> what if Chewie's? What if Chewbacca's like default sound was just like baby cry? Like instead of like instead of like, it's just like. <laughs> Somebody should go and make that. No, somebody shouldn't. I would hate to see that. (laughs) Um, All right. Yeah, music's fine. I would give it like a 5 out of 10. Give it the the pitchfork pitchfork 7.4 out of 10. Every single album has 7.4 out of 10. Can I I say something that really frustrates me about the website Pitchfork? Dude, rail Pitchfork. Okay, I've been like, I mean, firstly, I've been off this website for a long time because I, it I means like, nothing. actually, it literally well, means I, nothing. Yeah, I like, they always do this thing that really frustrates me, which like most criticism sites do, which is instead of just bringing up stuff that's good, they go out of their way to say everything that's bad about every little shitty album that comes out. And that really frustrates me because, like, yeah, we all knew that like Little Bow Wow's album that came out like three years ago <laughs> was, was going to be, be bad. Shit, like, I didn't yeah. need Pitchfork to give it a one point seven review. <laughs> like, fuck that. That's so no. Annoying. But now I have like a I have a place to go. Like, whenever like <laughs> that to like prove that it's bad. Like, because I need that. Because like it doesn't matter unless it's on the internet. But or to just every once in a while, read something. Every once in a while, I still get on this website just to see what's come out because I don't really stay plugged into what music's coming out. It's like kind of hard when you're off social media um, as Flex. much as I'm trying to be. Mm. Uh, but they do this thing now where they like do reviews for old, incredible albums. And I don't know why it makes <sighs> me so mad, but like the fact that Pitchfork <gasps> thinks that they need to do a new review of Pet Sounds or like revolver by the beatles it's just like it's so fucking presumptuous Dude, that they're gonna give start a shit. like reviewing like we're reviewing th- like u2's greatest hits the album do, they do that i swear to god i swear to god they review like fucking like beethoven's third and they're like <laughs> say like, bro fucking... <laughs> people have like, already made up their minds about that yeah. <laughs> like 
Like nobody wants to hear your review about Fleetwood Mac's rumors. Like we've already like heard it a million times. Like, and then like, what's going to be like, they're just going to be like, it's still so good. It's just like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Cool. We fucking knew that. Like, you get I a didn't... paycheck for this. People are fucking like, yeah. <laughs> People don't have Africa. jobs, homie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Kids in Africa existential... would kill to review fucking Lord's new album. Kids in Africa right now, dude. In Guatemala, bro. Honduras. That's what like the pitchfork manager does, like with all the tiny albums that nobody yeah. cares about. They're like, why do I have to review this? They're like, you're really lucky to be able to review this. Like, you have a kiss in their face <laughs> with coffee breath. Do anyway, you know. Uh, what you get to do. Pitchfork office probably just smells like smells like farts because everyone's just <laughs> farting all day. <laughs> it's about like shit breath. It's just like coffee breath and farts. Shit and then you go in the break room yeah. and it smells and it smells like like Annie's enchiladas. Like the type. I bet they that have they have like a a fridge of like um, non alcoholic Heineken that they all drink all day. <laughs> yeah, they have, a, they have a fridge full of CDs. <laughs> <laughs> and. And they'll, like, humble brag about how hard they work. Like, oh, my God, I didn't sleep last night. It was a... I didn't sleep last night. I was, I was listening... I was listening to fucking um, box fan sounds. I have to review... I have to review box fan sounds. The the 12-hour uncut one. And I just, like... I've just been listening to it nonstop. Nonstop. I mean, I'm always falling asleep, but I'm just, like, sticking with it now. Like, I stay care. awake. Stay awake. Take Adderall, dude. Like, I don't care, man. Taking Adderall to box face You want to suffer, dude? I got a guy, bro. Don't worry about it, guy. <laughs> that, like, I feel like is something that... Uh, that'd be such a good way to haze an intern. Be like, yo, you got to review, like, opening of Dreams 10-hour mix on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um... That reminds me of doing the uh, UC Times thing for the last season. Like, I had to listen to a bunch of, like, uh, sci-fi uh, background noises for, like, <laughs> labs and stuff to put in the background of the <laughs> of the recording. Dude, people posting that shit on YouTube are, like, real heroes. They I know. don't have to, but they're doing it. I know. I, like, owe them so much money in uh, YouTube to mp3.com. Oh, coming in clutch. Anyway, uh, to back out of our discussion, our scathing takedown <laughs> of Pitchfork. <laughs> your, your turn, Pitchfork. Come at us now. Yeah, exactly. yeah. The ball is in your court, motherfucker. Yeah. Go and you take with... your medicine. No way, bro. They're going to review us, bro. They're going to give us a bad oh, no, rating, bro. God, I hardly know <laughs> Now is our time to talk about the plot. So what's our thoughts here? I mean... I think we've we've pretty stated it, but I don't know. It's pretty bad, right? I, yeah, it's 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 non-existent. All right, let's let's leave it at that. It's, I mean, it it's is not existent. It like matter. it's like being. It doesn't I don't know. matter. It matters in that like the story could be better, mm -hmm. I guess. But it's I I didn't need it. I like almost yeah. am glad that this one had a bad plot because I don't care about any of the characters. Like I don't want yeah. the, like I like I don't want any of the characters to like take up any more space than they need to because I've seen so characters do. Yeah. that I already really like. And like movies that have good plots 
have all my favorite characters in them. Mm-hmm. So, like, I kind of saw these characters, and I'm like, they're fine, but they're, like, meh. And yeah. then, like, sure enough, I just, like, completely forgot about them. <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think you could cut down the plot and, like, make this a pretty serviceable, like, 90 minutes movie if you just took out some of the That's the other thing. This shit's two hours. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. It's like they needed to to either make this really long, like, make it a three-movie trilogy, or they could cut it down into a very simple battle, disaster-to-battle movie. Like, make it do the disaster beginning and then an end battle. That's kind of what Hathaway's Flash was. Like, Hathaway's Flash had, like, a cool um, pacing of just, like, it's like know. two days. It's like yeah. it's like a two day yeah. cycle, which made like makes really like good sense for that time. But I mean, like yeah, yeah. it doesn't. Make Would a it have lot been more work that, but... to have cut it down into this two hour movie, or just kind of like keep some main points and just kind of rewrite most of it and redraw most? Because oh, I don't know, like. I... I almost wonder if it would have been more work to to, to try and cram this big 50 episode epic story into two hours dude yeah, i feel I like know. it was i feel like it was a matter of like we have the animation studio for like these months and then like we got all of the stuff back mm, and then we realized that like right. we for like whatever reason we need to release it as a movie like that animation studio doesn't give a shit that you change your mind like you have the mm-hmm. content you just kind of have to uh-huh. like you're you're you in the you're it. in you're in fixing it in post phase right now, you know? Like, yeah. you, you've already filmed the movie. You can't really refilm it. I think, like, mm. if, it, if, like, I was to recut it, I would take out all of, all of, like, Seabook's mom. Like, Seabook's mom doesn't need to be in it. It just, like, adds nothing. Um, Anna Marie, the character that uh, turns from the Cosmo Babylonia people to help the Federation in that one battle and then dies really quickly. She added nothing. Like added to the nothing whole to the story. So you can yeah. take that out. And I feel like you could really like take out like Cecily's grandfather. Like he doesn't, he's kind of oh, inconsequential. Yeah. yeah. He's lit. I mean, all of these characters that you're describing are simply just used to like do that. Um, just like explain plot during certain yeah. scenes. So like all of them could go and then you, you probably lose like, at least five or six minutes if not more there simplify it and then like just clean up the iron mask shit make him like more understandable um i don't know i feel like it could make it just like a better simple movie as opposed to like what it was whereas like supposed to build up to something that never ended up existing because even at the end of the movie it says like this is just the beginning yeah like that's a fucking what? lie. <laughs> yeah. So that was a <laughs> Why fucking lie. That? <laughs> Why leave that in the movie? Why leave that there? That's a weird choice. Yeah. Right? Did because they, like did, I did... think I think they thought that they were gonna make more. Like this was gonna be a big hit. Um and I don't think they got the opportunity to because it kind of wasn't. Um and they just pursued other other mm. opportunities, I guess. But I don't know. I think we've spoken enough about the plot. Uh, and then lastly, the reception of the movie. So oh, to yeah. be honest with you guys, I couldn't find, it seems like most people kind of felt similar to us, like mediocre about it. Like there wasn't a lot right. of passionate hatred. So I couldn't find any funny reviews or anything fun at all. Like I, I looked on Amazon, on Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic. I looked on IMDb. There's like a couple of negative reviews, but nothing like 
that was interesting at all. Um, it seems like most people kind of agree that it's a like you know a little bit above average movie, and that they liked it. the The Blu Ray is apparently a good quality, um, and Amazon has quick delivery. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. go, on, go Amazon. Let's default do this thing. review <laughs> for any Blu Ray that ever existed. <laughs> on amazon um, but uh on my anime list.com it has a rating of 6.66 whoa oh yep sign Number of the beast. beast on imdb it has a rating of 6.6 whoa wait scary this, this conspiracy is bigger than all of us <laughs> um yeah but i couldn't find anything with pat like anything with passionate hatred so um nothing nothing too interesting to to really talk about with reception so i think that we should at this point give our final thoughts on it and i and let's also give it a a rating out of bright slaps something that we don't do that frequently but i feel like in this case we could definitely give it a rating so um i will let simon begin and then i'll go and i'll let christian finish so go ahead simon final thoughts i'm glad that people took the time to make this because it's a cool thing that exists in the world and i mean like i don't know anime seems like it's really difficult to make so i'm glad that they chose to use that on um gundam instead of like marvel <laughs> um five bright slaps out of 10 all right um yeah, I think that as much as I think we talked about the negative parts of it this time, I think that it's actually a pretty enjoyable movie. And I think that my overall takeaway is that if I put myself in the shoes of somebody who was watching Toonami or Adult Swim in sixth or seventh grade and this came on, even if I didn't know anything about Gundam, I would love it. Um, because, you know, with that that those kind of fresh eyes and not having the expectations of it being part of this massive franchise. I think that's a pretty serviceable movie outside of its obvious plot holes. I mean, it's pretty much like what you'd expect out from like a direct video sci-fi movie, but like the animation's beautiful. The designs are beautiful. I really like the progress that has happened in the designs as far as like how they're able to step outside of the normal boxes. Um, I actually think that I would watch this more frequently than Shars Counterattack. Um mm-hmm. and I think I would give it like six point seven five bright slaps, maybe seven ish around there, depending mm-hmm. on the day. I'm gonna up you point two five slaps on that one, give it a solid seven. Good old smack across the face. Pop. And uh yeah, I feel like very similar to Michael. The the plot wasn't I didn't need it to enjoy this movie. And mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't sure why initially, but then you know, Michael brought up how it's just, it did, there were no real stakes, right? Wasn't uh, part of Shar's epic you know, finale to his character arc, you know. So there wasn't this huge uh expectation, right? The bar wasn't so high for me. And uh I was entertained. I was entertained, was I not? Was I not? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Russell Crowe. That's like a funny way to like, like 
misquote it like was I not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What did you just you, did you like, see it? <laughs> thinking like that secondhand, was the like secondhand references. <laughs> <laughs> the entertainment was... was good. Yes. Like what? Yes. Gladiator. It's from Gladiator. It's it's a it's a quote from Gladiator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Why man. are you taking uh, this so seriously? <laughs> <laughs> like, you didn't see the Dark Knight. You just heard someone else reference it. Like, what the fuck? Why are you taking this so seriously? <laughs> I was born in the dark. I grew up in it. <laughs> <laughs> and like a Yoda voice. <laughs> Oh man, it's almost as bad as people who talk in movie quotes. Have you ever have you run into that yes. before? Yeah, and yeah. like college, somebody who in college, somebody who I doesn't understand humor, <laughs> not self aware, or human communication outside of movie quote. We ha- yeah. I had these family friends from back home, and when you get them all together, that's one hundred to ninety nine percent of the conversation. What movie were they quoting? Was it like different success- movies or like? The same movie. A lot of Disney movies. Uh, oh, bro. A bunch of different. Yeah, like uh, pulling out uh, those deep love, cut Little Mermaid quotes. <laughs> if y'all are listening, I love you all. But <laughs> if you're all listening, go, as Aladdin says, "Magic carpet." <laughs> I, don't, I don't know any. Uh, uh, anyway, I think that does it for this season. We we did it. Woo! Season six in the books, F91, covered, done and dusted, ready to move on to some series and OVAs. So I think uh it's time to put this one to bed. Enough movies already, am I right? Yeah. You know what? I'm, yeah, I'm like um yeah, I'm ready for a series again. I actually am like I don't know, we're coming up on some like really fucking good ones. And I'm like Shit, just Mm, licking my lips. Mm. Oh, what's next, Michael? What we got next in the queue? Let's get there. Let's get there. I'm getting really good at this. Yeah, GG. Like, yeah. Imagine if I'm like coming towards you from across the room like this. <laughs> For the listeners, uh, Simon is rubbing his hands together. <laughs> explain what I'm doing. Try to fucking explain what I'm really, doing. It's, yeah, it's hard to explain. And he's swaying back and forth while he's rubbing his hands together, shaking his head up and down. Like, yeah, yeah, and I got a nasty yeah. look on my face. Like, I know something you don't, listener. He's also wearing, he's also wearing a Joker costume. <laughs> Why have... Would you like to see this pencil no longer be here and be in your forehead? <laughs> oh, wait, no. It's, fuck. Fuck it all. No. <laughs> all right. Thank right, you, everybody. Simon. Have Thank you seen Rachel? Shin. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen her? Thanks, Alex, wherever you are. Thank you to DJ Arc. We didn't lose Alex. Here. We still Alex still lives in the same. <laughs> I know. I know where I saw him the other day. Alex is doing good. Alex is off the podcast because we misplaced him. I like Michael thought that like he was supposed to like keep track mm-hmm. of him. I thought I yeah. I don't know. It was a big thing. I it put was, posters up was... all around town. <laughs> They're on every fl- every electricity pole. There's a poster. Where's Alex? I've been, I got him in milk cartons too. <laughs> <laughs>
Does that still happen? You guys remember that? I wonder yeah, if we can like, take yes. up any advertising space. Like, can we advertise our podcast on milk cartons? Dude, they can't even find kids these days because everybody's drinking almond milk and oh, oat milk I, and I, soy I, milk. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny bit yeah it's pretty funny right i should be on snl oh you've heard of snl (laughs) yeah yeah saturday's night live (laughs) saturday's night fuck this bye (laughs) Uh, real quick i did actually have dinner with alex two nights ago and i feel like uh he expressed interest in coming back on the podcast and i was like well you're really you're gonna have to like you got to like catch up like you have to like you can't have missed things and then i feel like yeah they're i feel like their interest completely dropped off <laughs> dude it's you like, killed how it how do i be on an anime podcast without watching any anime that would be a fun like, bit you're, yeah, it's like yeah, you have to go back, you have to catch up with, uh, you have to watch all the ones you missed. Oh my god! <laughs> like every time he says something out of pocket, just be like, Alex, come on. No, Al- Alex, Alex, we'll have Alex on a pitch it one time, just like mm-hmm. fucking like I don't know. They have wait, good. Hey, uh... Wait, is this a thing? Uh, out of four in the pocket. Out of yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. Or in a pocket of, knife. Uh... I got a war in a pocket full of sunshine. That's good. Oh, there you go. All right. We got somewhere. (laughs) And with that, I think we should uh, say sayonara. Sayonara. War in a pocket pocket full of sunshine. War in a pocket pocket full of sunshine. Whoa. 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 Take me away. Take me away. To side eight. To side eight. Bye. (laughs) Bye.